0: Oh my gosh, it's all about the data. Sometimes I get overwhelmed with data and metrics, but you know, one of our very good friends told me years ago, Jason, that the numbers don't lie. It's really all about having good metrics and good data to run your business successfully. I'm confident that this MT forecast can give me those resources to help me run my business just a little bit better than I did yesterday.
1: So tell me something. I agree with you. It is all about the data. You need that information in order to make good decisions. Was it like that 20 years ago when you used to run the shop? Well, I wasn't running my shop 20 years ago, but
0: I know my dad ran his shop on very little data. They just, quite frankly, didn't
1: have the resources. Back then, it was all about the intuition. Absolutely. And now you better have the data to make good decisions.
0: So MT Forecast is going to be October 10th through the 12th, downtown Indianapolis, Indiana, JW Marriott. Go to mtforecast.com and start collecting that valuable data now.
1: hi right. Hey, Metalworking Nation. Metalworking Nation. Happy again. Wednesday. Third day, day three. Day three. And we just heard
0: the official news. Yeah. That IMTS has set an all-time record yes. for attendees. Over 120,000 people will be coming through those doors. And you can see it. This week. you can see see the
1: door you can see the amount of people it's exploded i know absolutely absolutely Absolutely.
0: and it's good to be here it's good to be in manufacturing things are really rocking and rolling this week everybody i'm talking to is excited about the future absolutely what do
1: you want to talk about today i thought you had the whole agenda no i I totally forgot right okay of course no let's talk about social media let's talk about social media i actually need to learn something about this i mean I see you. You're posting all the time. Yeah. You know, what impact does that have on your business? Who
0: would have thought a baby boomer like me would be so into social media, right? I know. I know. Yeah. But no, I I like it. I think about seven years ago, I started using it for my machine shop, and I really thought it was an impactful way for me to share what I'm doing in my shop and showcasing the parts that I do. It just creates a great brand awareness and really
1: elevates the brand. Absolutely. And we've got... Three great guests that are gonna teach us something about social media. We do. We do. Absolutely. Yes. They're pretty prominent in the industry. Absolutely. So, you wanna bring them up? I will. Let's okay. do it. Okay, our first guest is the young founder and social media consultant that helps her clients build and scale their social media presence. She has a proven track record building an online audience for diverse brands in many different industries. Her name is Aisha Rasul from Sochi Story. Aisha.
0: Our next guest has built a massive following on Instagram with over one hundred and thirty thousand strong and growing. How do you think he did it, Jason?
1: I don't know. We're gonna find out.
0: Well, he did it by sharing amazing and inspiring content from the world of manufacturing. He's showing off how cool machining can be while building a tribe around a shared passion for precision craftsmanship and metalworking technology. All the way from Austin, Texas, please help me welcome to the
1: Making Chips main stage, Corey Kopnick from Badass Machinists. All right. Okay, and our final guest has worked in the e-commerce and marketing field since 1999 he joined Mari Tool in 2007 as it helped them to excel as a leading online source for tool holders and machine tool accessories. A lot of what we see out here at IMTS. Absolutely. In 2014, Tom began Mari Tool's Instagram account by providing engaging and creative photos and videos specific for the manufacturing industry. And they have grown to over 13,500 followers. He's the VP of Operations at Mari Tool. Please welcome Tom Fetcho. Hey, Tom. So Corey, we're gonna start with you. Oh, You've grown your Instagram following to 130,000. First of all, why did you start Badass Machinist? How have you realized that growth? What, what is it all about? I started Badass
2: Machinist about five years ago. And when I started it, I wanted to follow a page that I could relate to. And there really wasn't anything out there for machining. So I started this page and I wanted to kind of bring the, the big guys together. At first, there's guys like Kamal, CalPay online, he's a machinist out in California. Mari's a guy that I had been following for a while, and I wanted to bring all these guys together and and start showing their content, and started doing that, and it took off. And I started getting videos from a lot of other machinists around the world, I mean, in Europe, and China, and Japan, everywhere. So I started posting that up, and it grew rapidly. So I think it's brought a level of education to people, because for me, I've learned a lot from it just from the fact that you see things that you wouldn't normally think about. And, you know, machining, there's a million ways to make a part, right? Some better than others. But it, it kind of shows me and everyone else that follows different ways to make things. So I think it's educated a lot of people.
1: That's great. So it, was, it started out as about the community. Sure. Yep. Yeah, kind of like how we and, started making... And showcasing tips. machine right. parts, right? Right.
0: Because they are beautiful. And that, yep. that was the whole impetus between what I want to do. I wanted to showcase these beautiful parts that were being made in my shop. And I thought, what a great platform to do that on. Right. And hey, it gets people's eyes on your company. It raises your brand awareness. And hey, it's free. Yeah. There's no charge for it, right?
1: And I have seen some operations on Badass Machinists that I'm like, wow, that is, right. that is amazing. And, yep. and you do a great job of really bringing that to that one yep. platform.
0: So Aisha, what is the first thing a manufacturing company can do to get started with a social presence?
3: I think the first thing to do is really take a pause before you look at all of the social media sites and overwhelm yourself with where you need to be and what content you have to create, what staff you have to put together, and step back and say, what are my business goals? why am I starting social media? Am I looking to use social media to grow more customers? Am I looking to use social media to strengthen the value that I'm providing to my current customers? Is it for recruiting needs? And ask these sort of larger questions about how it plugs into the overall business goals before you burden yourself with thinking about being in too many places at once. From there, you get into, I need to look at LinkedIn because I'm looking at recruiting industry leaders and thought leadership and create managing groups or I need to go into Instagram because I'm showcasing my product and I have lots of videos and content I can leverage because I have a more aesthetic profile with what I'm managing. You start to make the decisions of where you belong. So you
0: you mentioned the word video and I might be going a little off, off topic as I typically do but video is quite dynamic nowadays. How has the change in showcasing a static picture to showcasing a video, does it improve your hits
1: and engagement? Yeah, because all these social platforms, that's what they're really promoting yeah, I, right now is the video. It's, it's, it's all about video. Yeah. I mean, Corey, you're doing tons Dude. of video. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah. what is the length? We don't want a two-minute video, right?
3: Yeah, and often shorter the better. I hear a rule of thumb, 30 seconds often, and based on what I see, that tends to be the higher engagement rates. Here and there, you might have live videos, you're streaming a show, you're on Facebook Live or Instagram, and that's valuable as people are tuning in. Oftentimes, uh, as an after action, you're looking to repurpose content and you can then shave from that and do pieces and create Instagram takeovers, for example, on the story where you're repurposing that content as often as possible. The cool thing is because video is becoming so important and carries much higher engagement rates, a lot of the platforms are starting to cater to that. So You have on Instagram, there are other apps like Boomerang, for instance, where the video is sort of in a repeat motion and it's really small snippet, almost like a glorified GIF. as an example. Okay. So you have these GIF. easy well, tools. Explain what a
0: GIF is, Aisha.
3: So that because would be... a lot of people may not know <laughs> what a GIF is. So a GIF is when you have still images that are repeating to create a sort of video appeal versus an actual video that's repeating itself or ongoing. So there's lots of fun tools out there where you don't have to be a serious videographer to go out. and You can pick up your phone and look like a real professional. I think it's
1: better to be authentic,
0: probably.
3: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And Tom, you're an operations guy. Yeah. And you just landed on this social media platform. Yeah. What was the What was the impetus behind this? I mean, how did you grow from being an operations guy? Now you're a social media marketing guy, right?
4: Yeah, I was always into like digital. You know, I went to school for graphic design and uh, web design and that kind of stuff. So it for me was kind of natural to do that. You know, we're a small company, we all wear a lot of hats, so I was pretty much, you know, the guy that took the task, you know. So so for you as
1: an operations guy, I noticed that you actually show a lot of pictures of your operations in the shops. Is that a big focus of of what you do?
4: Yeah, we like to show as much as we can, you know, be transparent with our manufacturing operations and stuff like that, and, and again, share... Some of the tips and tricks that we have, and a lot of times, you know, we actually get people who comment and give us some some tips and feedback as well. You know, and, and sometimes it's something that we haven't thought of. Yeah. So it really does help to do that to showcase those certain operations that we do. In did the you ever
1: get concerned that by taking pictures of what happens in the shop, you're essentially giving away the secret sauce? As Jim and I talk about a lot of times, the old school thought process was, you know, hide the prints, yeah. like you know, turn them over, and you're taking videos of how I make this particular product. Was there? And I. Think to add to that.
0: So when I started doing videos of precision machining in my shop, yeah. my old school machinists were you saying, "Don't do that. Don't do that. You're giving away our no. you're giving yeah. away." The, I'm like, "Listen, they're going to figure it out anyway. Right. And I'm not writing the program for <laughs> yeah. them. I'm just showing the metal getting cut and the excitement about making that precision part." Right. Yeah. yeah. So what's I, your thoughts?
4: Exactly. We were a little concerned about that in the beginning and and maybe a little cautious about that, but There's really not too many secrets that we have, and and we always make sure that anything that we're showing is something that is okay. I, I always check and make sure that it's something that's okay, but yeah, there really isn't too much that we have to hide. There are some certain setups that you know, obviously, we spent a lot of years perfecting our manufacturing operations, so we can not just give those right. ideas away. But, yeah, it's something we were concerned about. You're but giving
1: one step in the
2: process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they can put it together. Yeah. Do you have good. any thoughts on that, Corey? <laughs> yeah, I'll kind of yeah. add to that, because that's kind of how I started. I, I, I'm from a firearms background, the machining, machining weapons, and that's kind of where I started was I was, you know, machining handguards, and I was like, man, this is so cool. I got to post it up, and, yeah. and no one was really doing it can't tell you how many times I got in trouble for posting it up, but I noticed people were like, man, I'd rather see that. And to me, it was cooler than the actual guns themselves, the process of making them. And I think people caught on to that as well. So to answer that, yeah, it started out that way where it wasn't a good thing.
0: I have a question about, you know, there's so many different platforms now. We've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got LinkedIn, we've got Snapchat even, Can we kind of explain and break down the different platforms? Obviously, Corey, you're really relevant on Instagram. That's probably the platform for badass machinists. Aisha, you're vertical on all of them, I I would think. And Tom, you're basically... Just Instagram, yeah. Yeah. And I have a pretty big social presence on LinkedIn. Yeah, I do LinkedIn as well. Yeah. And I believe that there's relevance to each of those social platforms. But can any of you comment... On where we should be because you know if I'm on LinkedIn and I see someone Putting a picture of their kid's first birthday party—I think, eh, no, this is Wrong. not the right. Place. So you want me to
1: stop doing that. I please <laughs> don't do
0: that anymore, Jason. I'm just kidding. No, I don't, I don't but do
3: that. that's not. It,
0: yeah. Help me. You guys are the experts at this. I'm not. I'm just doing it. And when I see that, I unfollow them right away.
3: Yeah, sure. I would say if we had this conversation a year ago, it would roll off quickly. That the three usual suspects is Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, especially when you're talking to B two B space as a general and they all have their own unique appeal for the types of content you're sharing. LinkedIn, again, tends to be very professional, a lot of industry thought leadership, what's going on with the company, product news and releases, whereas Facebook tends to be more Human beside the brand, inside of the brand, culture, lifestyle, culture, yep. similar to Instagram, where you can show more of that lifestyle, culture content that tends to do better. Long in general, with very aesthetic content, it's all about photography and looking good. Twitter, on the other hand, continues yep. to be the platform where you're releasing very small tidbits of content you're doing it frequently because it gets lost in the noise of so many different tweets happening, and you can also link to it. So it ends up being a really good platform to cross-promote the activities you're doing on the other platforms, and as a general rule, if you're on Twitter to manage a business brand, it's really cool because you can link back, and you can continue to... Re promote content, you're spending a lot of time putting together. I mean, let's really think about B2B and manufacturing, it's about showing your expertise. So, oftentimes, you're spending a lot of time putting together blog content, article content, white paper, video content, and you get it out on the platforms and it's gone in a couple of days. Well, where's your opportunity to make sure the person that didn't check it at 10 in the morning or noon saw it. You know, what if they're the Twitter user, which oftentimes is true, that's checking Twitter late night when they're unwinding from their day. So it's a really cool opportunity to cross promote your content again and again without feeling like you're Oversaturating the same news for one person.
1: And what about for you two? Do you feel like you just really want to focus on that one platform? Do you think that makes a difference for you?
4: Yeah, we kind of made the decision to stick with Instagram. Obviously, we're not aware of you know Facebook and LinkedIn and all those, but Instagram really seemed to be the best platform for us okay. to reach our audience.
1: And what, why is that?
4: The community that we're a part of, it seems like there's a lot more going on on, okay. on Instagram and it seems a lot easier. I think it, it kind of came pretty naturally to use Instagram. It wasn't very difficult to, to figure out. And also, it doesn't take a lot of time. You post up some pictures, you, you have some good content, and then you actually interact with, with some people, but it's not very time-consuming. Okay, it just seemed to be the best for our audience. It seemed to be like the, the most natural fit versus okay. Facebook or, or LinkedIn or Twitter.
2: Sure. What about you, cart For me, I, I chose Instagram over Facebook just just for the fact that it's not as messy. Facebook tends to get yeah. pretty messy. You see a lot of things you don't want to see, and it's not by choice. Whereas Instagram, you, you choose who you follow, and you that's the content you see. You know, if I want to follow a machinist page, I'm going to see machining stuff. You know, if I, if I follow. Frenchie's. I'm going to see Frenchie's all day long. So for me, Instagram has been a better, better avenue to go. Also, for what I do, so I do the badass machinist, and then I own a, a firearms company called Aeronox. With the firearms, my business is 100% ran on on Instagram. So, oh, really? So okay. every every sale I make, everything I do, is from Instagram. Every connection I've made outside of that contract work, it all came from that spot. So the power of social media is huge. If, I know there's a lot of business owners out there. If you're not on Instagram or Facebook or social media, get on it because you might as well. You know, A lot of companies are, are well-established, but to add that to it is only going to make you go go higher up. So,
0: Well, let's um, talk about why it's so impactful. I mean, you know, there, there's probably people out here right now that own manufacturing companies that have no social presence at all. Zero. Yeah. Explain to us, Corey, because you just... Yeah. Told the world last week sure. that you were the president of Aeronox Machining and you had this huge social presence on badass machinas, but yet you never you never pulled it through. You never you never pulled through the other brand. Was that strategic or why?
2: It started out that way, you know, as badass machinists grew, I kind of would weave my products into that page, you know, and it, I, I kind of got away from that just because it, it's built its own brand. Why did you wait this length of time before
0: you acknowledged the Aeronox and well, Aeronox Aero- Aero- grew in one.
2: on its own. Aeronox was built before Badass Machinist was. I mean, I started that seven, eight years ago, maybe. Okay. And then Badass Machinist just kind of came as I went along.
1: Well, it sounded like you started it not for yourself. It was about the greater community
2: and just showing off Aeronox their work. started out that way. I, I started Aeronox just kind of as my page. I made up a name, and, and I knew where I was gonna go with what I wanna do as a business. I was just a button pusher, machinist at a shop, but I kinda had a plan of where I wanted to go with my career, so I started that, and posting up you know, machining videos, and, and it grew. And then I started designing my own products, and it slowly kept growing, and I think we're up to 60,000 with Aeronox as well. So it's, it's built a name in the firearms community. But if you're just starting out, I know a lot of you probably don't have it. But it takes time. I mean, it's one of those things where you, you can't, have to make a commitment to it. You, 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 you really can't. do, and it's not huge though. I mean, you can jump. I jump on Badass Machines probably 20 minutes a day, honestly. And, and I'll see, I'll see what's out there. I'll see what people sent me. I'll throw it out there, get them some recognition. It's really just a platform for other people. But to start out, it seems daunting. But get it started. Start putting out content of what you do. Try to put out cool stuff, and it'll slowly build. and and You'll learn what people like and what people don't, and and you can build on that. But you just got to get started now. If you you haven't already, you need to go. Let's talk
1: about starting up because I think there's a lot of manufacturing leaders out there that really just they they just don't know where to start. So I want to talk about a couple terms that people throw around. People talk about about hashtagging. Yeah, I'm talking about terms. We talk talk about hashtagging and then tagging people and stuff. Somebody break that down for the metalworking nation, for those manufacturing leaders that are just like, I don't get the whole hashtag thing. And the importance Uh, of it. And the importance of it. Aisha, why don't you you jump in on
3: that one? sure, sure. I think it actually connects really well to the question you were asking before in terms of which networks do you belong on based on what your goals are. And there's two different ways when you look at social media. Are you going to go in organic and not apply any sort of ad spend where you're... Minimally promoting your post and putting dollars behind it, or are you doing the ad spend? And for the most part, if you're going in for the first time, you're not at a level to start to think about significant ad spend or boosting strategy. You're just starting to put your together your content and to build a network. And when you're doing that, which is the organic approach, using hashtags get you more exposure. Right. Especially as it seems that the three of us agree Instagram's probably at present our favorite You know, if we had to call out a favorite network, of course they all have their different reasons for strategy, but Instagram is heavily used with hashtags. And that's because every time you use a hashtag, you're reaching out to somebody that is querying potentially that specific hashtag. So in effect, you're reaching out to somebody that is vested in your specific topic.
0: Okay, I have a one quick question. I read somewhere that you should not have more than 11 hashtags in your post. Is that or a magical that, number? 11? That's the magical number, right? If you if you exceed 11, you're doing yourself a disservice, and if, yeah. you're, if that's where you're getting the optimum, is 11. You're smiling. I love this. So is Corey. I love
3: I this 12. question because you know, I've had clients that say, oh, my goodness, there's so many hashtags, my message is getting lost in this hashtag noise. And there's tactics you can take to separate the content, you know, the dot, or they say, if you add the hashtags into the comment and not your actual post, it may play with the algorithm not so favorably. So you kind of have to do a little bit of analytics on on your side to see what really plays the best. In general, I find if you're between 11 and 30, and yes, they said 30, oh, thirty? 11 and 30. It depends oh, on how strategic you're being okay. with that post. So if you're doing a post where 30 hashtags, and it's an extreme example, and it's yeah. probably not every post you do, but it's relevant for that specific post, you're fine. But if you're doing a post where you're, you have three specific to manufacturing and machine life and machinery, and all of a sudden you start talking about the sky is blue because you're reaching, you're probably going to be messing up the engagement from the algorithm. So it's a nice range around 10 to 30. Again, most of the time you're going to be on the lower side of the range.
4: Well, I'll, I'll give a little tip too on how we picked our hashtags. When we first got on Instagram, we went out looking for content that was interesting to us. And that's because I was out learning. Yeah. I started looking at the hashtags that were being used, and I'm like, okay, well, I, write, I wrote those down, and then I'd go and look at somebody else, and I'd say, oh, they're using... That same hash- hashtag, like Insta Machinist, is like a, a yeah, very popular. A one. Yeah, yeah, it's very popular. Insta Machinist. Insta Machinist. Yeah.
0: Instamachinist. So
4: you know, I started I writing those down, and then uh, went and looked at some other pages, and, and just started seeing like you know very similar hashtags. So we have hashtags that we use all the time, or we try to use you know Made in USA and. Marty Do you Rule. need to
0: be consistent with the hashtags? It doesn't make any difference at
3: all. I think not. Based okay. on what I see, if you're using the same hashtags all the time, you're probably not being true to what your content is. Okay. And you're if you're posting your the same content all of the time, yeah. ha- then ha- you're probably yeah. not you off. Any no, 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 no. I, I, we'll
2: we go back to you. Yeah. yeah. Shaking um, his head hashtags yeah. to me, I started out using them a lot. I would do that. Insta machinists, yeah. machinists, CNC. Yeah. And what it does is it put. she explained it, where it puts it, puts it into a category where you can click on instant machinists and it brings up a whole nother page of everyone that's hashtag instant machinists. So you, you get to see other machining content, but it, it tends to get messy where people, They try to think of hashtags like hashtag Kim Kardashian under under a a machinist video that makes no sense. Like you've actually seen this? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to reach an audience, you know, hashtag love, hashtag Kim Kardashian, hashtag, you know, and they're trying to put it into that category where everyone else is going to see it, but it's not their industry, you know? People that are looking at Kim Kardashian don't care about a machine And
1: and that's, you know, that kind of brings me to,
2: like sometimes
1: people want,
2: people to follow them on
1: social just for the sake of it. But to me, it's like, who are the relevant people that you want to speak to? Because, yeah. you know, you can have 10,000 followers and if they're all completely irrelevant to yeah. what
2: you do, what's the point? So what it's a doing? way to build your following, but it can get messy. So so I kind of got away from it. Yeah. And, um, and I think you could see that with The difference between people that
1: just have a ton of followers and people that actually have engagement over that platform, which I know both of you guys, you know, have that type of engagement because you're in that community, so,
4: yeah. Yeah, because we don't have, like, obviously compared to Corey, we, we don't have nearly as many followers. But, right. you know, again, I, I think it's quality over quantity. The amount of followers that you have does not translate into business. Right. And, you know, even you might have 100,000 followers. Doesn't mean every time you post something, you get 100,000 likes or page views. If you get 1%, you know, 2%, that's actually pretty good.
0: Right. Oh, is that what it should be? 1 yeah. or
4: 2%? I don't, Aisha I might know better what the percentages are, but For us, that's about it, yeah. Yeah, so how
0: do we, because it's all about running a business, it's all about measuring and data and metrics. How do we measure how impactful our posts are based on our followers versus how many likes or how much engagement we get?
3: At the end of the day, when you're looking to determine the effectiveness of your social strategy, you have to go back to what your goals were in the first place. If you are on social media, again, to add value to the customers and to see that people are becoming aware of your product, service, et cetera, then you're probably limiting yourself to social media stats. And you're looking at your following and what your increases are, what your engagements are, your views, your clicks, your likes, reactions. If you are at a point of sophistication where you're in social media to really determine sales ROI, you are either using software to help you determine those translations in your larger digital presence framework or you're triangulating some of those numbers against your sales numbers to determine how effective it is you know we talked about hashtags
0: so let's talk about sharing and how important it is to tag another person another brand another company in all of our posts and how that really
2: accelerates your exposure. Corey, you're shaking your head. That's huge for me because I, I can't tell you how many times I've had a video that I've made taken by someone else, and they put their logo on it mm. and don't tag. You know, you, you know they, they kind of take it as their own, and yeah. it's, a, it's a no-no. And most people will they'll catch on pretty quick. But it's important to to give people the credit, you know, that they deserve. If, yeah. if someone's made a great product. And, and I post it up, I want people to know about it. Or if someone's made a great video or showed a cool technique of machining, I want people to know about it. And that's, that's what the page was built on and that's what it continues to build as. It's pretty cool, I mean, you'll see a guy with 200 followers, he'll make a cool video, I'll post it up, and that video, it'll get 150,000 views in two days. And I get, I get to see all the analytics of that video and it, you know, it'll reach two million plus people, You know that one video and then that guy's following obviously goes up. So so everyone right. kind of helps everyone. I get the content, I put it up, he gets the recognition and people learn, you know. It's, it's an educational thing and I wanted I want to build on that.
3: So, I would tell you an interesting case that happened with a past client of mine. It was a celebrity account. So it was a a business owned by celebrities. And we did not have the issue of growing followers. We had celebrities to use as influencers. So the numbers were skyrocketing. And in fact, we arrived at near 160,000 or so on Instagram specifically. What was interesting when we checked the analytics, as the following was skyrocketing, the return and the actual sales translation, the conversion, wasn't happening on the same level. And this actually kind of connects the last few discussion points because as the numbers are growing and you're looking, all right, what's the return, here's, here's this pretty number that we think means something, and you realize, all right, there's a conversion problem. So what's the experience once they're following the account? Why are they here? Where are they going? And you have to look at, well, how did they get here in the first place? What was your targeting strategy? What hashtags were you using, as an example, to really determine that you're reaching the right audience for it to to translate to anything? And the question you're asking about tagging people is where this particular client started to see success, because while we were doing a sort of broader strategy to use influencers to get following, what was missing was coming in with more of a niche where... This particular client was very focused on sustainability. So we started doing some really specific sustainability campaigns. A really fun one was Earth Day. We came out with a campaign for individuals to participate in a fun Earth Day sustainability-related activity and tag a friend. And in tagging the friend on Instagram, no no funds spent on advertisement, it organically arrived at an audience that resonated with the brand and mattered to the brand because it was specific to this sustainability campaign. So it's really powerful when you think about the time spending and putting together a campaign that makes sense to your target audience can be the return that you're looking for that's not at all apparent in the larger following you may have been already gathering.
1: And and that just goes back to know what your objectives are when you're going into it. Like, are you trying to create a community? Are you trying to produce sales and you need to track that. What's my what's my objectives and what's my scorecard? And I think changing your strategy is smart if you're not achieving whatever you're trying to achieve. Let's talk a little bit about the
0: lesser known platforms like Snapchat and Pinterest. Should we avoid those platforms being manufacturing owners? Is there any relevancy for us to be on those? platforms. Yeah, have you guys,
1: either you two, have you even thought about it? Probably not even.
0: What was the, what
2: was the platform?
0: Snapchat, Pinterest. I know a lot of people are using it to sell retail, right, but right. is there relevancy to as a manufacturer to be on those particular platforms?
3: It's a good question. And I think my hesitancy in answering that question is Pinterest hasn't really really been in the spotlight when you think about your strategic top platforms that you could go into. It doesn't mean it's not going to remain out of the spotlight. In fact, they're doing a lot more investment in how they're catering to businesses and advertisement. When I think about Pinterest, I think of a very visual platform like Instagram. So if I was dabbling and looking for reaching a larger audience, you know, Instagram's going to have that larger following. Depending on what your goals are, if you're looking to reach a more affluent audience, that may take a longer time in the sales conversion, but be more precise to what your product is, then you might look at Pinterest. So I think it becomes a platform that you don't dismiss, but you really think about what your goals are and who you're trying to reach, and then Pinterest can bring you a unique demographic that you're not necessarily Finding that specifically in the other platforms.
1: I, I don't know much about Pinterest, but I, I do notice that they get some credibility from the, the Google search algorithms as far as images go. Whereas I don't think Instagram gets that same thing. So there's there is some cross there
3: you're right. that Linking is right. Linking. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I have
0: another great question that we've talked about many, many, many times. Oh um, yeah, I know yeah.
1: I know what you're going to ask.
0: So I, you know, I'm pretty relevant on LinkedIn. That's probably my go-to platform for social. And Jason and I always talk about when you get that connection request. because like, we get a
1: lot of like, on LinkedIn
0: specifically. Should we're not you accept yeah. it or not? Yeah. And our good yeah. friend Julie always says, don't do it. And I say, yeah, why not? Because the way I look at it is if that connection can bring my brand any awareness in some capacity, if they like one of my posts, I don't have to know that person, but if they like one of my posts, it goes up onto their feed, and it's just, it's just the domino effect, right? So let's talk about accepting connections from strangers. What are the rules,
1: or are there any? Well, I would say that Corey probably doesn't know all 130,000 of the people that he, maybe like 100,000 of them or something, right? Yeah. I, I guess... I, I guess we're specifically talking about LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Where, yeah, you know, LinkedIn. Instagram's
2: a little different, where yeah, Instagram you don't accept people unless you're private. You just follow what you want to see. Right. You know? So it's a little different. Yeah, they're truly following you yeah. as
1: opposed to making that one-on-one connection with you like on LinkedIn. Yeah. What's and the thoughts? reason I
0: like it is because if that person in California, makes that connection with me and then happens to see one of my posts, they like it. I have engagement. It goes up onto their newsfeed. And somebody that's a second connection to me likes that post or connects with me. I'm just growing my brand.
3: I tend to use LinkedIn like you on a personal basis if people are wanting to connect with me, it's a potential sales lead or another connection into a different contact. So from a personal standpoint, pretty open to accepting. Now at the end of the day, just like any other platform, if you realize suddenly your majority of your following is not strategically aligned with what you're doing, probably need to kind of reconsider your approach there. But outside of personal, if you look at LinkedIn from a business standpoint, the following function is going to be like the other platforms where it's public, so you're not really able to tell someone not to follow you unless, as Corey mentioned, you're on Instagram with a private account, but chances are if you're on Instagram for business, you're going to be in a public account because you want it. So in general, it tends to be let them follow you. And the strategy for following on the reverse is who are you following and why? And that should be something you're periodically checking and potentially unfollowing if it isn't strategically aligned.
0: Tom, any follow-up on that?
4: No, I think, you know, as far as LinkedIn, I guess I'll look at see like who it is that's making the request and, and if they're you know, in the same industry, or if it maybe they're they're connected to somebody that I'm connected to. Obviously, that's that could be the reason why they're making the request. But I'm not too picky. I'll I'll accept people. Sometimes that bites you because immediately you'll get some sort of like advertisement, or they try to sell you something, or they try and yeah. do something. So, but there's no harm in that. There's there? Nothing, is well, no just, harm? Exactly. We're all trying to sell is, something. Yeah, of right? course, everybody's I mean, trying to sell something. Know.
0: It's really kind of funny. So when somebody sends me a, a LinkedIn connection, and I. I click yes and I count. I literally count <laughs> yeah. how long. And I'm like, within yeah. five minutes I'm gonna, gonna get a direct message from them and they're gonna try and be selling me. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I just don't I don't even start that engagement because I figure they're doing it all wrong anyway. So yeah. I'm just gonna avoid that. They lost But maybe they can help me in the future. That's that's sure. the way I look at exactly. it. Exactly.
4: I feel the same way. Yeah.
0: What I'd like to do now is like Jason and I always do at the end of our shows. We'd like to go through and ask all the panelists just a 60 second answer to what we, what the Metalworking Nation can do starting today to create a social brand awareness for their companies or their personal self
2: and to start elevating themselves. Corey? For me, I, w- I would just say, you know, if you're a business out there and you don't have, you're not on social media, get started. Like I said earlier, and just, just get started, start posting up what, what your business is about and start growing it from there. I mean, not much more can be said about it. I mean, it, it, it's a powerful tool. And if you're not using it, it's free. That, that's the biggest thing is you can start generating money off a free tool. You pay a lot of money for a billboard and you're going to get a certain amount of cars that drive by it. Instagram's free and you're going to reach, you know, when I post something up, I'll reach 2 million people immediately. So, and that was built over time, but I started at a point, you know, when, when no one else really did and, and now it's grown and you can do the same thing. Corey, yeah. has it brought Aeronauts business? Oh, to for sure. Okay. Yeah, so sure.
0: that was the end goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh,
2: yeah. Aeronauts yeah. is completely ran off social media, you know? It brings him all his business, yeah. which is amazing. Everything. Yeah. How about
1: Aisha? How about
3: you? Well, the very first thing if no one if you don't have a social media presence is go out and secure your name across the platforms you think you're gonna be using. Oh. That name, at the end of the day, that's that's what you're gonna be marketing with across the platforms. But really and truly taking a broad look again at what your goals are, taking a look at your competition to get a sense of where they're playing in if you're hesitating on where to go and looking at what content do you have without recreating the the wheel that you can leverage on social media, because it may be that you can start social media tomorrow without this being any sort of big investment because you already have content that you can repurpose on social media. And that's a really simple step to just get out there and start sharing that content without starting to think about How am I going to network? How am I going to amplify the content? All of these more specific strategies can come later. But before you get there and along the way, whether it's day one or whether it's week one or month one, or all three for that matter, look at the reporting, look at those numbers, get a sense of what's working. Because we can sit here and say best practices all day about the different platforms for this industry. At the end of the day, you have a unique business that you are managing for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So the only way you're gonna really have a sense of what's working is by studying those numbers. I And I have to tell you, the assumptions we make about the content that's really gonna resonate, they're not always right. So when you see that you're sharing sometimes a similar image or video for that matter across the platforms, on Instagram it might be performing 400 reactions and on Facebook you might get three likes. So it really makes sense to look at the numbers and know which direction you want to go for your next set of posts.
1: Great, right. How about you, Tom? For somebody that Tom. wanted to join a social media community, increase their awareness. What's your yeah? I have a lot of the
4: same opinions. I think you know your name is very important. That's the first and foremost thing that you should do. Our name Mari Tool is actually taken when we went, so we end up. That's why we end up Mari Tool USA. But it wasn't anything to do with manufacturing. So that that's actually pretty important. Get out there, get your name secured, and know your end game. You know, like, do you want to be on Instagram for social media for? marketing your products or do you want to just share some good content? And that's actually really important too. Make sure that you have some really good content to share and also participate. You have to go out and participate, it's not all about you. So you need to go out there and and find other people who are posting things that are interesting to you and participate. Ask questions or comment and just say, hey, wow, really cool, thanks for sharing that, whatever. We've noticed a lot of times too that just by posting a comment on somebody else's page, people see your comment and they are curious, like, who's that? And they click on you and they come to you and next thing you know, you just grabbed yourself some more followers and they were there, you know, following the same person that you're following so you know that it's relevant, or it's a relevant follower or something, so.
0: How much time should we be spending on social media day? Because Jason always says, oh Jim, you must be on it. Like three hours a day and I'm like, that's I'm do not. No, I'm really not. Well, Corey's saying 20 minutes. 20 minutes a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: I, I, I jump would on. say I jump that's on. what I do. I'm on more than that, but if I jump on Badass Machinist, I jump on for 20 minutes, see what's out there, see what's cool. And I, and I kind of wanted to jump back to the last question about starting the page. I know a lot of companies it doesn't matter what you make you know i think a lot of companies they they go oh no one wants to see how i make spark plugs or something you know whatever they're making no one's going to want to see that but i just posted up a video yesterday of how a gingerbread man cookie cutter is made and it went viral i mean it's it's up to 200,000 views you know yeah. and it, it, it's it's silly but people do want to see it you know if people haven't seen it before they want to see how it's done so don't let the fear of you thinking people don't want to see this stop you from Just doing Just let it, it go. Yeah. Experiment. Yep.
1: I like what you said about it being educational. And I think the whole notion, I mean, we talked about this on, on Monday for educating and onboarding the next generation. The whole notion of education has changed rapidly. And even Instagram or other social media platforms can be very educational. Yep. How about you, Aisha? How, how much time should we spend? Yeah, how
3: much time? That's a good question. I don't have an easy answer for you. Because I think for me, at least, it depends on what your goals are and what platforms you're playing in. For some of my clients, I'll spend an hour a day, and for other clients, I'm on there for a few hours a day. To his point, if you're in there right, strategically engaging and actually managing your accounts socially, social social media, then you're spending more time going in and reaching out and replying to comments and so forth. On the other hand, you might be spending just a few minutes a day if you're just getting started and you're doing more of an awareness campaigns, you're less concerned with adding value to the customer relationship and answering questions. So it it can be a pretty big range.
1: How about you, Tom? How much time How do you spend?
4: How much time, Tom? <sighs> as far as managing our account and, like, posting and stuff like that, we don't spend very much time. I think, you know, like Corey says, 20 minutes or something like that. I'm always out there looking for something interesting. You know, sometimes I'll be walking to the warehouse and I'll see something that catches my eye, and maybe somebody else didn't see that, but, you know, I snap a picture, and next thing you know, we, you know, we get a, a good fair amount of likes or whatever yeah. from, from that. So, yeah. But as far as our participation... You know, Frank and I are always on Instagram, just kind of looking at what's going on, and you know, sometimes we'll comment or share some other information, or whatever. But I think 20 minutes, as far as you know, you managing your own, it, I think that's a good, a good amount of time.
1: I think I can handle 20 minutes. I think you can. I think maybe yeah, I, I, think should I should jump you, in. I think you really. Maybe should I should jump in. Hey, Metalworking Nation. This is Jason from Making Chips. You need a strategy for creating and executing on marketing and sales. And that is exactly what we are going to be talking about at a live event on October 3rd in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Go to industrialinboundsummit.com and use the code MAKINGCHIPS100 for a free ticket, and we hope to see you there. Bam! Bam!
0: Something for sure. I want to know if you learned something. I definitely learned something. I, I I know where they're coming from. What it did to for me today is it honed my skills just a little bit better. Sure. Yeah. and I think yeah, that's what some things that you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So should we stand up and tell everybody the good news about t-shirts? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So our good we're going to here is going right? to be standing right here. He's got free making ships to t-shirts up? to everybody. But the only caveat is to get one of these t-shirts, and we won't hold you to it, but what we'd like you to do is, we'd like you to put the t-shirt on and hashtag MetalworkingNation.
1: That's our hashtag, right? Well, that's the making I don't hashtag. necessarily know that we own it, but <laughs> Do we, uh, we it,
0: definitely well? <laughs> like to use it because that's what it's all about, because yep. we are a community of metalworking professionals. A community of
1: manufacturing yeah. leaders, absolutely.
0: And if you're not making chips... You're not making money. Bam! bam. and many of them are at makingchips.com.